0: Welcome into the Tony G Show everybody, your host Tony G, that is me, side partner Will McCormick, that is him, say hello Will. What's up people? Will is 5312 on Twitter, Tony G for days on Twitter, episode number 78 of the Tony G Show, we're counting down the road to 100, we're inching closer, we should be at, hmm, I'd assume more than 85, maybe even 90 episodes by the time season 5 concludes. Yeah we'll be we'll be real close. We'll be at 100 by
1: next season. Season 6 we'll see episode numero 18. Maybe maybe we'll even do like a season 5.5.5 5. 5 or 5 2.0 over the winter or something. I got a couple plans actually coming
0: up that I like that I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, they're in the works. Too early to tell yet. Still October, still the middle of October. That's uh for another Yeah. Day down the road. Yeah. But I I like that idea. I think we're going to do something like that in the future, upcoming future. Enough messing around here. I got a couple notes to tell you, and then we got to get to the show. We got a loaded show today, Will. I'll start here. Tony G Show, as we know, drops Tuesdays, Thursdays. Today is a Thursday. That means everybody's favorite segment in sports radio and sports talk. Everyone's favorite segment in Tony G Nation. We'll get there. Tuesdays, Thursdays, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And we are also affiliated with SNC Radio. Follow SNC Radio on sncradio.com or download the Radio FX app. Search up in favorite SNC Radio to listen live all throughout the day. Loaded show today. We're going to be talking about Odell Beckham Jr. He's in the news again. Surprise. Ho-hum. Just another season with OBJ in the news. Then we're going to be talking about the Patriots. Cam Newton. Revisiting him. Everyone knows that. I have multiple arguments in favor of Cam Newton. We're going to touch on that today. We're going to update a little bit. And then everyone's favorite segment, Tony G picks of the week. Loaded show today. Let's get into it. Tony G show. Well, what do you think? Should we get going? Yeah, I'm ready to go. Or should we let this intro play out a little bit
1: more? Uh, Maybe another five minutes or so. Okay.
0: I mean, we do got a big show to get to
1: today. Yeah, just add some time on. Okay, yeah. We'll go an hour 20
0: minutes today. (laughs) No. let's get into it. I want to talk Odell Beckham because he's back in the news for a couple of reasons. We're going to be touching on those reasons as well as my main point that I'm going to make here. Looking at the career of Odell Beckham Jr., what he's had so far, what he's shown, what he's done... He has proven to me that he is not the promising star we thought he was going to be at the start of his career. Remember the big catch against Dallas, the one-handed? Put him on the map. Mm -hmm. And now it's kind of turning out that he isn't as effective. Is it his offense that he's in, or is it him? We're going to be looking into that, taking a deep dive into the Cleveland Browns situation right now in 2020. We're not going to start there, though. We're going to start with some off-the-field pressing issues. To me... It's obvious. I'm just going to get this out now. There's no way to work around it. I can't beat around the bush here. We're going to get right into it. He's still immature. He's proven to me that he's not growing up anytime soon. He hasn't, and he won't in the future. This is who he is. All credit to him for being who he is and not filtering it, but, I mean, you're a professional athlete. It's time to kind of, you know, straighten yourself up, straighten yourself out, and make yourself, like I said, a professional, and he Mm -hmm. he hasn't done that at all. Two recent stories in the news since the last Tony G show. Two stories, well, of Odell Beckham. The first one were his recent comments about coronavirus and the whole COVID-19 pandemic. He said that he felt, he came out and said this to media. He felt, he said, I'm not going to be arrogant. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. I don't have the exact quote in front of me. I'm paraphrasing. He's saying, I'm not worried about the coronavirus. I feel like it can't get in this body. He basically said, "I'm not trying to be arrogant, but I feel like it just won't get inside this body. I won't catch it." That's just asking to get sick.
1: I mean, really. That's throwing yourself into karma. That is I, that is literally jinxing yourself. I would be knocking on wood the second I said that, and I would never say that. I mean, I mean, come on. Even if you're like
0: even if you believe in the coronavirus or you don't, you know, there's two sides to it to come out and just say it yeah i mean as a superstitious person in myself to say that
1: is wow that's gutsy it'd be one thing if they're in a bubble too like the nba then i'd be like okay yeah it's pretty unlikely but i mean but the coronavirus i made this argument last week where
0: the coronavirus is having its way with professional sports college sports and i touched on the nfl as well it is just having its way with the nfl it seems like which team is it going to be this week and luckily we've gone so far heading into week seven without a team since week six but to still come out and say that, I mean, why? And look at yourself from a a leader standpoint. Look at yourself as a as you're setting the standard. What are the kids who are Cleveland Browns fans wearing Odell Beckham Jr. jerseys all over the place thinking when they right. hear this start? Lead by example. Mm-hmm. Do you want people to grow up afraid? No. But do you want them to grow up and be arrogant and
1: to voice this opinion? It's one thing to have this opinion, but to voice it like this? Yeah. I mean that's he, just outlandish and immature. He has the effect like Steph Curry did to, to basketball where player you know, kids are all of a sudden just shooting threes like ridiculous three pointer yes. shots, and now it's like, you know, kids idolize Odell for his one handed catches and that's like and not, you know, just kind of relating to the argument, but people idolize kids idolize these these people and, look to, up and to him. Right. And to to be I don't want to say arrogant, but that's a pretty arrogant statement. That that is a good example to relate it to. I mean it. And we're going to be relating Odell Beckham to another basketball
0: player later in this argument, but to just stay on the topic of being an example mm-hmm. for the city and a community.
1: And the amount of influence they can have on the really? game. I mean, you have to understand your effect. Right. Like they they basically changed Steph Curry and and Odell, and I know we're not talking about Steph, but just as as a comparison. They basically changed a pretty large mechanic of their game. And if that if they can influence that, then on those kids, then they're certainly going to influence their opinions on certain certain topics like this. Think about the argument we had just a couple weeks ago,
0: episode two, what's the protocol, when the Tennessee Titans went out. It's the Mm -hmm. same thing. Yeah, They went out and practiced at that high school field when their campus, or or not the school campus, but when the Tennessee Titans facility shut down because of the coronavirus going through their organization, and they still went out and practiced at a public field at a high school nearby within the community. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Lead by example here. You can't be going out doing this, showing this type of arrogance and – I mean, sticking your nose up to the coronavirus. I mean, it's it's a worldwide thing right now. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be a little set back by it. You don't have to come out and say I don't think I'm going to catch it. I-. Yeah, that's it's, just like that's I said. Just... It's
1: one thing to have that opinion, but to to say it to the media and to the community. Yeah, oh. I think if my teammate said that, I just I'd be so mad. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, really, why would you say that? I mean, the entire league that we play for is having shutdowns, is taking
0: this seriously, and you come out and say, yeah. I mean,
1: it just works against the the company. That just seems like bad juju. It's just like Smith Schuster? I was just gonna say that. No, not not Smith Schuster, but no, it just I what seems, you're saying like jinxing himself. Yeah, I just it just seems like bad energy to, it really to does. put out there. I mean it it honestly
0: does to that effect. You just as a t- think about if you're if you're an owner of, say, a construction company and you have this big time deal with, I don't know, a major player in the, the, the heavy machinery company in the field, say komatsu, and you have this big deal with komatsu. And then one of your supervisors come up, comes out and says, Hey, I, you know what? I don't, like, I don't like big, heavy machinery. We should just go to spate shovels and pitchforks. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you doing? You're working against the company here, Odell. It's not... It, I mean, you say you don't mean to be arrogant, but to come out and say it is flat-out arrogancy. Yeah. That's just stupid. Anyways, the second headline that came out recently, <laughs> again, two headlines about Odell Beckham Jr. in the last two days since we recorded the Tony G show last. The second story coming out, (laughs) he's been suspended from his alma mater, LSU, for two years for handing out cash to the players after they won the national championship. Do you remember that? After LSU won the national championship, there's Odell handing out piles of cash to the players. (laughs) I mean, really. And whether you think that's okay or not, that's not the argument because it wasn't Per the rule book at the time, it's not it's right. It's Not okay. It's not right. Per rule,
1: yeah. Per Whether rules. you
0: think so personally, the rules said it wasn't okay, and you still went out and did it. So you can't argue that it was okay to do it, because that's not what the argument is. Could, you went out and broke the rules.
1: Could you? Would you do that, Tony, if you were Odell Beckham and you just like your alma mater just won the national championship? You just I, walk I'd up want, and hand a guy thousand dollars. It's each? not even the national championship. I'd want to hand in
0: in helping them out financially, both players and the program and the school. In a different manner, yeah. Come out and
1: hand cash out like you are some type of yeah pimp daddy. What are you doing? <laughs> it's yeah. You, I would think there's a better like you know maybe contact a school and set up a you know a setup spot or scholarship for those guys because sure I mean, yeah that's that's a perfect example. That's professional. That's yeah. quick. I mean everyone knows the purpose behind it. Right. That then that's like that's different. I that, I mean. Not that it's a bad thing that they gave them money. I mean, I would take free money if I won See, the national championship. that's not the argument, though. It's not. No. That was against the rules.
0: Per right. the NCAA at the time of this event, that was against the rules to do it. And you knew how strict the NCAA was, by the oh, way, yeah. with money. And how they are with their student athletes. You know how strict they are. Yeah. And you still come out and do this? I, I get it. Granted, it wasn't on national television. Someone took a video of it or you know, it was swirling through Twitter and the media. Did you really think it wasn't going to get caught? You really right. think players weren't going to? I mean, it's, it's the day and age we live in. Everything is on mm-hmm. camera. Everything is on microphone. So to come out and say that maybe... You know, and he hasn't said anything about this. So when I say come out and say this or that, yeah. I'm just hypothetically speaking here. If you were to come out and say, oh, I didn't think I would get caught. Okay, that's not the... This isn't 1980, all right? No, this is 2020. No. That's gonna... You're gonna get caught. Right. Especially when you're the name talent, like we just mentioned, within the community and the sports world of Odell Beckham. Then you're gonna... Everything is gonna be
1: on camera on microphone. I don't totally disagree with these actions, but I disagree with them to the point where it's against the rules and it, well, I I don't know, maybe maybe he doesn't know that that those kind of rules, but you think he would being a right. being a college and I, you athlete. Right. I can't say for
0: sure that he knew or didn't.
1: Right. So
0: here's what LSU said about this incident, the the money exchange, the money swap of Odell Beckham after the national championship. This quote, by the way, comes via Sports Illustrated. This is their journalism work that got this quote. And I quote LSU has worked proactively and in cooperation with the NCAA to identify and self-report any violations that occurred within our football program. Robert Munson, LSU Senior Associate Athletic Director, said in a statement, We believe these self-imposed penalties are appropriate and will continue to coordinate and cooperate with the NCAA on this matter. Close quote.
1: What do you think, Will? I want to know who let it happen in the first place. Or was like, or I, wanna, I don't think it's preventable. No, well, no. Who knew? Who knew that Odell Beckham was carrying what twenty thousand dollars in cash? Right, but I'm just curious. I would like to hear some takes from some of the staff and like what were there like? Were they like okay with it, or like we're like this yeah. is kind of weird? Like you know, the,
0: the <laughs> quote from Robert Munson, the senior associate athletic director of LSU, is
1: seen in this. What did he think at the time? Right. Well, what, does the, what does the head athletic director think? Right. Like, was he okay with it when it was happening at the first place? And now, because it's against the rules, he's got to say something? Right. I'm just kind of curious. You know, we'll probably never know that, but. And, you know, we can't accuse them of anything because no. we, don't, we don't know.
0: Right. We don't know what these discussions were like, but why did this penalty take this long? The national championship was in January. It was the start of 2020. Coronavirus wasn't even a thing yeah. in the U.S. back then. No one was scared of it here. Here we are, a whole world different from where we were. Nine months later, ten months later, and now the penalty comes down. I just wonder what went into this decision. I wonder why it took so long. Usually you see penalties handed down rather quickly. Something of this magnitude, I get it takes some thinking. You know, I mean, Odell Beckham is a pretty big name. One of the biggest that LSU football has had in terms of still being relevant to National spotlight in sports media. So I get you didn't want to hurt your program too much, but you had to do what was right. And per the rules of the NCAA, whether you think it was all right or not, it was against the rules. Point, set, and match. It was against the rules. So I get it. It hurts everyone. No one really won with this right, besides no. the players. Do they get to keep the money? That's a good question. I would assume so. Yeah. I would I would think so. It's probably been spent by now. could have been. Probably on their college, maybe, unless they're on scholarship. Who knows? Who knows where this money was? It just goes to show you, I want to kind of shift the argument here to statistical and athletic side of Odell Beckham rather than his Mm off-the-court or off-the-field type of news disturbances. Because that's just half of it. I mean, that is honestly only half of it. How many times have we seen, and we're going to talk about both halves. Let's switch to the productive side. He's not as productive, visibly. Obviously, in terms of real-life football and fantasy football, many people have told me that they're getting very angered and flustered with him and Jarvis Landry. So that leads me to wonder, is it Cleveland? Well, I got some numbers here that'll prove that it's not really Cleveland's fault on Odell Beckham, at least. Granted, they do have some kinks to work out and some pretty big ones. Mm -hmm. But I think this is an Odell Beckham thing for him personally. The last year's... Wide receiver rankings in the NFL kind of went like this. 81 wide receivers were graded. And 64th out of those 81 was Odell Beckham in catch rate at 56%. So you ask me, is it Cleveland? Well, he has been in the mid-50s to low-60s in that stat, even in his playoff years with the New York Giants. He's always been around that 50 to 60 range. And like I said, that's... Bottom half of wide receivers, qualifying wide receivers in the league. Bottom half. Yeah, that's low. His lack of production leads me to believe that it's not a Cleveland thing. So let me ask you this. Before I compare him to another another athlete, another sports figure throughout the sports world, I want to ask you this. Is o- Odell Beckham a game changer? Well, off the top of your head, no explanation. Is Odell Beckham a game changer?
1: Uh, Once every, like, 5 to 15 games, yeah. Okay. So just like another average NFL mm-hmm. wide receiver. I, well, I don't Is he say, an X-factor? Is he a superstar? I don't want to say he's average because I think he's a little bit above average. I think that his few one-handed catches have, like, really projected him into this career of this diva. You know, I, I think he's basically another uh, Antonio Brown but just dialed down a little bit. Yeah, in um, terms of play. Yeah, and in but, terms of his attitude, too. That's,
0: that's the a- argument, though. You can't come off of you can't come up with anything off the top of your head that separates him from the rest of the wide receivers in the NFL.
1: No, yeah, I mean, his hands are really what separates him. But I've seen him drop a lot of easy touchdowns too. Let me interrupt you right there. That's a good point. His hands. Okay,
0: what does he have? Hands? Is he big like Julio Jones? No. Does he have the footwork of Devontae Adams? No. Is he strong like a like a Mike Evans? No. Fast like Tyreek? No. He's got hands. He's got. Hands. Okay. Does having excellent paws make you a game changer? No. No. It's I don't like, I don't think so because... Yeah. That's like kind of the main point of being a receiver is to catch. Your hands... I get you have to have strong hands to be a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Having the strong hands... Would you say they're strong hands or sticky hands? You use the gloves, the one-handed catches. Right. He makes these one-handed catches when he's in space. Granted, the one that was really famous was when he had... You know, a defender right on him. It was yeah. pass interference on the defense. But other than that, these one-handed catches are when you have open space. When you have... But what about in traffic? Do you make the catches? Are you strong like, like I said, a Mike Evans? Right. And,
1: and and between, you know, you mentioned Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill. Do you think those guys have bad hands?
0: I wouldn't say any one of them, do
1: Right. So, like, if that's the one thing that odell has going for him like i know he's a good receiver he's i think he was like number 59 in the nfl top 100 like he's wildly respected but hands being your main thing is not going to separate you as yeah. an elite receiver over the few the few that we named because that's what it takes to just be a wide receiver at a professional level anyways no? right having good hands making catches
0: in traffic or when you're wide open, making contested catches, making wide open catches, making catches over the middle of the field. That's something you have to do regardless. Mm-hmm. That's something you have to do as a tight end and, a, and as a
1: running back. Yeah, I mean, if Julio Jones doesn't have good hands and he drops 50% of the pass, he's, he's off. He's out of the league. Being big is irrelevant, then. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and footwork is something that you do to improve your ability to catch the ball or to, to help your ability to catch the ball. But it, that's not... You know, that's not something that is required to have good footwork to be in the NFL. Is, Granted, it's going to make you a lot better and a lot easier catches, but, you know, this is they the have exact to have point. hands.
0: This is the exact point. Odell Beckham doesn't separate himself in terms of physical abilities. He he doesn't do it. Yeah. And you can't argue to me that he does, because I, de- I just debunked that myth. He does nothing to separate himself. He has good hands, which you have to have. No matter what position you play, even if you're a cornerback or a safety, you should probably have good hands. Right. I mean, that doesn't, he's not separating himself at all. So here's the point I'm making Odell Beckham is essentially the Patrick Beverly of the NFL. The Patrick Beverly. Think about who Patrick Beverly is before we continue with Odell Beckham. Think about who Patrick Beverly is. A guy who is below average in points per game, below average in assists per game, around average in blocks per game, around average in steals per game, around average in field goal percentage per game, around average in free throw. Patrick Beverly is around average, statistically, throughout the NBA. The one thing that sort of, I don't want to say separates him, but the one thing that he's known for is his defensive play. Three-time defensive all 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 defense nba three times so he's got strong defense since you have that as an nba player odell beckham has good hands since you have that as a wide receiver right that doesn't separate patrick beverly patrick beverly is average statistically play wise mm-hmm. besides the defense but then again odell beckham is average statistically play wise besides the
1: hands it's the same thing it makes you wonder like where his career would have gone if he didn't catch that ball yeah, it really Seriously. does make you think. Odell doesn't scare me as much as a Des Bryant did or any receiver of that caliber. Julio Jones would be another one. Same thing with Patrick Beverly. Mm-hmm. Patrick Beverly, let's not look at his attributes.
0: Let's not look at his statistics. He's also, He also sports that sort of diva mentality. He also supports that trying to play head games, yeah. trying to get... I mean, it's the same thing. He's They're the same entity in the idea that they're divas. They're both dramatic. They both try to play head games. They both come out and say things they don't necessarily need to say to the media. I mean, it goes against their record, it goes against the team, and it goes against the league.
1: Same player. Let me ask you, Tony. Can you recall one time where Odell did something and you were like, wow, I respect him for that? Or, or that was that set him apart in your mind, I guess, of your, or your opinion on him? Because clearly... I don't have the greatest opinion of him, and I can't think of something where I was like, "Wow, that was really, you know, kind, pensive, spirited." That's, well, it's it's interesting because, you know, I want to make the connection between the two things you said there.
0: I I respect him for something I did. At, you know, you've seen him throw some of the gloves to the yeah fans pregame or play catch. I respect that. That's what professional athletes kind of do, though. I mean, that's yeah, that, that's their thing. That's nice of him. I respect that. That doesn't separate him from anybody off no. the
1: field. It's not something that's unique to him. No, it's not an Odell Beckham you know, thing. He doesn't have to do that, so that that is definitely like a good thing towards his character. That's a good sign, but again, like you, you said, want it's, a little it's, more though, right? Jamal Williams does that. You know, anybody under the sun plays catch with people in the crowds or throws people gloves. Right. For doing that. So it's just, yeah, I'm just unimpressed with his personality. I guess exactly. Mm-hmm. What, what does his
0: personality do that's different from another personality in a positive way throughout sports? What does his play do that's different from? It's it's the same thing. It's the average thing separated by one play. Separated by his pregame routines where he does the one-handed grabs in the end zone. Which separated, is just hot I mean, it, it, It's separated by nothing that qualifies him as elite. Nothing that qualifies him as a game-changer to take over a game. Nothing. Yeah. No. He's not a Julio Jones. He's not a Tyreek Hill. There's nothing that separates his play from the rest of the league. To me... I mean, he didn't work in New York under veteran, two-time Super Bowl champion Eli Manning, didn't work under rookie Daniel Jones, didn't work under rookie, and now second second year kind of a more mature Baker Mayfield. He's not working
1: there either. Maybe, what, I think, the, I think it's Baker's take? third year even. There's nothing that separates him from the rest of the league. I feel like most teams wouldn't want that kind of attitude on their team. I know his attitude is just really... It really drags down a team.
0: It does. It's almost like cancerous. I don't want to say he's I was a going to same the thing. team. Because he hasn't worn on his teammates to the extent of some other players. When you think of a cancer in the locker room, he hasn't worn down his personal teammates the way that you think a cancer would. It's it's just that he doesn't work positively towards anything with the attitude he's got with with the... Off the field, the issues he's got. I mean, remember the thing
1: where he swung the helmet at the the yeah. kicking net and it hit him on the head. And... Whenever, whenever I think of Odell or I hear of Odell, I always recall back to the time him and Josh Norman just went absolutely crazy. That's, right. that's like that's the largest memory of Odell that I have is just him diving and like putting both of their lives on the line for a game, diving and and spearing him in the head, Josh Norman in the head. It's just like that, to me, speaks, you know, that tells me everything I need to know about Odell and his character. He's a diva.
0: I think that's a good spot to move on. I don't think there's much more wrapping up we'd, we'd have to do. I, I think that was a good elaboration on it. Let us know what you think at Tony G for days on Twitter, at Willis5312 on Twitter. Let us know what you think. Prove us wrong. Prove us wrong or prove us right. Whatever you want to do, always interact with the show. We always welcome it. Hit us up on Twitter. Subscribe to the show on Apple, Google Podcasts. We release twice a week. And we're on the march to 100 episodes. So we're going to move on down the line here as we do in a Tony G show. We're going to stick in the NFL for this next segment. And I want to ask Tony G Nation. And as always, like I just mentioned, give us feedback on a Tony G show at Tony G for days on Twitter at Willis5312 on Twitter. Let us know what you think here i want to ask you this question. We're going to talk about it, but I'm going to ask it right off the bat. What is wrong with the New England Patriots? What's wrong with them? We're going to take a deep dive into their team, some numbers, some interesting stats, and we are going to go through what's wrong in New England. Now that Tom Brady's gone, was Tom Brady really that detrimental to the team? I mean, Cam Newton, I always had the arguments. I had it's one of my most famous arguments on the Tony G Show. I still have it on my professional portfolio the argument that i had for cam newton in terms of you can't discount him not being elite anymore cuz mm-hmm. he's been injured he hasn't had consistent playing time he hasn't had the chance to prove himself in an nfl setting well now he does now he's now he's a quarterback a starting quarterback for a famed franchise in the new england patriots they're not overtly i mean there's nothing that sets them apart offensively so is mm-hmm. it is it Cam Newton? Is it Josh McDaniels? Is, Is that it Bill division? Belichick?
1: Is that division just rough?
0: The division has gotten better over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Bills, um, also the Jets are still 0-6, just of course.
1: Especially because, historically speaking, Brady's played against a terrible division Well, it, his it's, entire time in the England. And the
0: Dolphins are having a good year. We just talked about them on the last Tony G show, switching quarterbacks. Which, by the way, broke Ryan Fitzpatrick's heart. Came out and said after that episode. Did you? Oh, did he really? Yeah, he came out and said, that broke my heart to move. You know, it, it hurt for a little bit, but
1: it is what it is. It's a business. Don't Spe- blame him. Especially because they played so well, that. Here he played so well that game, but yeah, I Yeah, different argument,
0: but just wanted to point that out after we talked about it a little bit. Back on track here, the Patriots talking about why aren't they successful? So I, I took a deep dive into their offense, their defense, their team as a whole, and I found this out. They have significantly less penalties through the first five games this year than they did last year. Like a like a significant amount. Okay, so it's not the cleanliness of play. Let's look at their offense led by Cam Newton. Top rated offensive line in the NFL that comes in second in power success, which per football outsiders is a percentage of runs on third and fourth down, two yards less to go, that achieved a first down or a touchdown. So, they, they're powerful, they're successful in terms of football outsiders. This is where all these offensive stats and categories come from. And also, fourth in the NFL in running back yards per carry at 4.96. That's a good run every time. Second lowest stuffed percentage in the NFL. So, they aren't getting stuffed at the offensive line. They're top four offensive line in all sorts of different categories. In terms of the football outsiders, which is where I get most of these stats from. In terms of offensive line. Top offensive line in the league. Okay, so it's not them. Is it the defense? They've held teams to under 20 points besides when they played big offenses like Seattle and Kansas City. They've held them to under 20 points. So it's not the defense. Not the cleanliness of play. It's not the offensive line. Cam Newton's been hit a couple times this year, but it's not that. Okay, let's look at Cam Newton then. Second in rushing touchdowns for a quarterback. Eighth overall. Eighth in the NFL. Running backs and quarterbacks, wide receivers alike, skill position players alike, in rushing touchdowns. He's eighth in all the NFL. Second in quarterbacks. Third in quarterbacks in rush yards. So it's not his running game. He's diverse. He's got a Mm -hmm. diverse play. He's always had that. Always has had that element, even at Auburn. So what is it? It's not the defense. It's not the... Offensive line. It's not Cam Newton and his style of play. It's not even the cleanliness of of the play for the Patriots as a whole. So, what is it? Cam Newton's play has been significantly lower than his past seasons in terms of passing the ball. 26th in the NFL in yards and completed air yards, 27th in passing touchdowns. The passing game has not been able to click with that of the run game. Good offensive line. Good run game for Cam Newton as a quarterback. So what is it? I'm going to argue here that it's Josh McDaniels. The fact that you have a great offensive line, a good run game with your running backs, and a good diverse quarterback with a good arm and good ability to run the football as well, break out of the pocket, make something happen, extend plays, Cam Newton, that shows me that Josh McDaniels has not figured out how to use his quarterback just yet. He's used to having Tom Brady sit in the pocket. He's used to these the small ball
1: sort of mm-hmm. shovel passes but granted it worked for them
0: why can't he figure it out with Cam Newton
1: yeah and, and two of their losses to the one to the brown or broncos and one to the the Seahawks are b- both under six points yeah they lost by 6 to the to the Broncos and then 5 to the Seahawks i mean that's that's a the close broncos game. game 18 to 12 correct yes where's the offense there right i mean i get it we talk about their stats being good but it's like in those few games, it's like they're just that short. Yeah, I mean, it, they're a touchdown away from three and two right now, aren't they? They're three and two now. They're a touchdown away from two games from being uh, four and one. So they're three and two right now. Correct. Yeah. Right? Are they two and three? Two and three right now. Two and three. Yeah. They're
0: two and three. We know what we're doing on the Tony G show. <laughs> I promise. They're two and three, and they're a touchdown away from being three and two. Where is the op- where? I get it in Denver, Vic Fangio, defensive-minded head coach. I get Denver's got a mm-hmm. you know decent defense there, above average. But why? Why Still, they cannot score. There's no right. scouting report on Cam Newton in the Patriots' offense. There's no in, in my, identity there just yet. Right. It's not like you know what you're going to get with Cam Newton in the Patriots. You knew what you were going to get when Cam Newton was a Panther, mm-hmm. but then he started to get injured. He hasn't played consistently for the last couple of years. You have no idea what he's going to do, what, what an offensive – minded coach, led by Cam Newton, is going to do anymore. You have no idea. Mm -hmm. You have no film to base it off of in the last recent amount of seasons. You have no idea. You have no identity. So why can they not figure it out? I, I blame Josh McDaniels for this one. This is him. Yeah. I think he's too caught up in going to get a head coaching position somewhere else and has failed to really put together this offense. Now, to his credit, there was no preseason or there was no... Still, though, I mean, it can't be this hard to figure out how to work a diverse quarterback in ability in terms of Cam Newton with the rest of the
1: offense in the division that you play in. You have to figure it out. You can't expect to just sign Cam Newton and then throw him into Tom Brady's role because that's not going to work. Because Cam Newton can extend plays the way that a right. Brady
0: couldn't, or I don't want to say couldn't, a way that Brady didn't have to. I mean, the offense yeah. wasn't designed to have these overly long plays, the seven-step drop, into a a deep, long pass down the field. I mean, granted, it happened. Yeah, I'm not saying it didn't. But that's just not what the M.O. was. It's a completely different style of play with Cam Newton than it was for Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. This is Josh McDaniels' fault. Bill Belichick's defensive-minded. His son, defensive-minded. This is on Josh McDaniels right here. He has a top top five, top four offensive line in the NFL. He has a good run game because of that. He has a diverse quarterback who can run, extend plays, And caused touchdowns with his legs. Second in the NFL in quarterbacks. Second quarterback in the NFL in terms of total touchdowns. Rushing touchdowns. This is on Josh McDaniels for not figuring this out. I mean, this is almost a... I don't want to say it's... I'm going to compare this to Adam Gase here. But disclaimer, before I do, it's not to the extent, of course, of Adam Gase. Because Adam Gase is bad. He's terrible. Adam Gase... You've heard me sound off on Adam Gase, but it's the same thing. Not figuring out how to work with your talent players, not figuring out how to work with your quarterback. This is a Sam Darnold sort of situation, a guy who can make a great throw, has a good arm, has talent around him, a Jamison Crowder or such, Le'Veon Bell behind him in a run game, and still you can't figure it out, Adam? This is the same thing over here in New England. It is the exact same thing. What's going on here that we cannot figure out how to get Cam Newton consistent time in a pocket. He's been hit a couple times. Mm-hmm. When I looked up stats, it wasn't the most impressive sack numbers for the offensive line. It's still a good offensive line though. We can't figure out how to get him time. We can't figure out how to set his feet to make a good throw, get him good time in a pocket. He has to be forced out. He has to make things happen. That's why some of his numbers are the way they are in terms of rushing stats. Yeah, he's talented and can do it, but these numbers are the way they are because he has to. He has to extend plays. He has to dip out of the pocket. He has to to mm-hmm. make things happen on his own because the offense isn't doing it for him.
1: Right. It, it almost makes you wonder, you know, if the Patriots really were a system quarterback system, you know, prior to Cam Newton. I mean, uh, I don't want to say Tom Brady's not a playmaker, but he's not going to make plays like Cam Newton will make. Um, well, and, and, and I'm not saying like, I'm not saying Cam Newton is more elite than Tom Brady because there's no arguing Brady's resume. In the grand scheme of things, I think Cam is a has a greater chance to make plays. I'm just saying, I think Cam Newton's physical ability is tenfold of Tom Brady's, even in his prime. Let me let me build on your argument here, Will, because you brought up a bunch of good points there.
0: You can't compare these two quarterbacks to like Cam Newton and Tom Brady. They're not the same quarterback. They're not the same ability. They're, far, they're very much not the same age. They're pretty much polar opposites. They are very different. And Josh McDaniels, it's his job to figure out how to change with the times. You now have a who was a once elite quarterback. I can't argue that he still is, but I'm not going to argue that he isn't. I you know, I, I don't think you can make the argument that he isn't. He's been injured, and even this year he's had to miss a game because of Corona. So you can't argue that he's not. But this is a guy who also was one win away from a Super Bowl ring in Carolina, who ran into the buzzsaw of the Denver Broncos with Peyton Manning. Well, I, I don't know here... you. This is your job, Josh McDaniels, to figure Mm -hmm. out how to make it work with both Tom Brady, which you did, but also now Cam Newton.
1: Yeah, and I think it's what it's going to come down to for the Patriots is finding a system that works for Cam Newton, because to rely solely on his talent will just it'll be it'll be another uh, Carolina Panthers situation. And obviously, you know that's obvious for offensive coordinators to want to find a system that works for a quarterback. They're not just going to pick out of a hat. You know, oh, what are we going to run today? That's not how it works, but you should have a plan. it's going to come down to finding the right system for, yep. for Cam Newton. Yep, and they haven't done that yet. So just to wrap up that argument, what's going wrong in New England?
0: It's not their defense. That That's always been solid. They've always had names and coached by Bill Belichick. It's not their defense. It's not the offensive line. It's a good offensive line, one of the top offensive lines in football. That's forcing their run game to succeed. Cam Newton is making things happen with his feet. And it, as an overall team picture here, it's not cleanliness of play either. Significantly less penalties through five five games than last year. It's the offense that's not figuring it out. It's the offense that scored 12 points in a game against the Denver Broncos in which they lost 18-12. to 12. You need to figure it out. You're one touchdown away from winning that football game. So we'll wrap it up there. We'll conclude that, and that'll conclude the Tony G Show.
1: All right, we'll see you later.
0: <laughs> no! Tony G. Picks of the Week, coming up! I had Tony G. Nation, didn't I, Will? You did. You they were scared. Him. They're shaking in their boots still, I know it. Hook, line, and sinker. You're yep, right there. I got him Big time, I got him. How could we forget? Tony G. Picks of the Week, right here. Before we get into it, Will... Better be a good one. Well, it's going to be a good one. I'm going to go 5 in all this week, just like the last... Two years. <laughs> whatever. Before we get into it, Will, I found out an interesting piece of information looking up teams, doing my research. You know how extensive my research is. I mean, I got the two screens here right on my desk. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm doing in actually, terms of research. It's actually three screens. It's actually three with the TV, but that's for like, that's like yeah. ice road truckers on Tuesdays. So oh, whatever. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: But I, I did some research looking into the NFL and Tony G picks of the week. This has been an NFL heavy Tony G show. So we're going to cap it off with Tony G. Picks of the Week, but I found out something interesting. Well, do you know that there is a Reggie White Jr. in the NFL? Really? There's a Reggie White Jr. who is the son of, of, of course, a Reggie White Sr. Who was a defensive lineman. I mean, this Reggie White Jr. is the son of, of a former defensive lineman in the NFL. You know who it is? Let me guess. Well, I don't. Reggie White Sr. from the Chargers and Patriots.
1: Nice, that's awesome.
0: It's not the same Reggie White of the Packers and Eagles. You know that? Did you know that there's a Reggie White Jr.? Who has no relation to the Reggie White that is known famously, especially around these parts of Green Bay. I just, figured, I just thought that up. was interesting. You gotta pick him up. <laughs> He's a wide receiver. Oh. no. He is. Okay. There we go. Yeah. He's... Uh, um, where is he? I think he plays for... I gotta look this up now, because it's on my mind. American football wide receiver for... For the New York Giants. <laughs> oh. oh, so oh boy. Sorry, man. Yeah, 62207. I did not know that. Hm. I did not know that. You joined Yeah. Tony G Nation Nugget. I called it that I called it that in a show script and then I changed it because I thought that was a dumb name. <laughs> we'll see if it lands with Tony G Nation when 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 they listen to this episode. Alright, enough beating around the bush. Let's get into Tony G's picks of the week. Good docket of games here, a Thursday night, Sunday noon, Sunday 3.30, Sunday night, and then a Monday night. No coronavirus in this week, knock on wood. So far, all the ske- all the games are to play as scheduled. We'll start tonight, Thursday night. Giants 1-5 and at Philadelphia 1-4-1. Oh boy. Oh, why'd you pick this one? This is a Thursday night game, I had to. Oh. This is a real burn barner. Hopefully Reggie White Jr.
1: shows up and has a couple of touchdowns. You mean barn burner? What did I say? Burn Bart er, or? I think you said it backwards. Did I really say? It? I do that all the time, Tony G. Okay,
0: whatever. We'll look them back in the playback and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> look at my notes here, well. Giants, Philadelphia. I wrote "shot in the dark." <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, really. Coming into this week, I'm four and six. I just had two back to back, two and three weeks to start the season, and this is a game I got to pick to start my four and six. Week 3 Giants I don't know I honestly don't know This is the first time You'll hear me admit that I don't know I picked Philadelphia to
1: win I'm pick okay, the Eagles I was going to say I'd pick the Eagles as well I,
0: I don't know No Saquon That's I, a big deal I don't know Just keep the fingers crossed On this one Let's go to Sunday at noon Steelers 5-0 and Titans 5-0 and This is going to be The game of the week I think This is going to be A really good game One of the top defenses In the Steelers Going against one of the Top offenses In the Titans Second in total yards Tennessee is And second in total yards allowed for a defense. Mm. Second least amount of yards allowed for a defense. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think the difference maker is going to be the pass game of Pittsburgh. I've really been buying into this the last couple weeks. Chase Claypool has really come out and shown himself as a rookie. I mean, I'd argue he's a candidate for rookie of the year so far here. I mean, the way he's getting used and the stats he's putting up. I mean, he's overtaken Juju Smith-Schuster in a couple snaps now. Yeah. Especially fantasy points, too. I think a two-headed monster of Claypool, Smith-Schuster. I still like James Conner coming out of the backfield. He's oh, died yeah, he's down a, he's in a, a couple, solid in the couple years, but you're right. I mean, it, there's nothing that shows me that he's not productive. And Big Ben, same thing. Nothing that shows me he's declining in his play to a point that is not effective. So... I think that's the difference maker in this game I said this in episode number one of this season that I really like the Titans this year I do like Derrick Henry, I like what they do I think they use Ryan Tannehill perfectly I mean I think it's the perfect mm-hmm. amount for Ryan Tannehill yeah. Derrick Henry, I really like what they do But like I said, the difference maker in this game is going to be the pass game of Pittsburgh I'm going to take the Steelers Sunday at noon, Steelers i going to move to 6-0 and knock the Titans to 5 Sunday, 3:30. another good game Seahawks five and zero coming up against the Cardinals, who are four two coming off a big win in Dallas on Monday night. I picked that game. Cardinals proved me wrong. Here's the thing though: the Seahawks are coming off their bye, and when I when I picked last Monday, Cardinals, Cowboys, I said I don't know the identity of the Cardinals' offense. Mm-hmm. I know it now, and it's Kyler Murray. That's it. Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, and no one else. I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to have a good game against the Seattle secondary who struggled big time this year. I think the Cardinals are going to pull off a win here. I'm picking against the Seahawks. Seahawks are going to get their first loss of the season, and it's going to come in Arizona. That'd be a big win for the Cardinals. That'd be a big win for me, Will. Yeah, it would be. Oh, boy. I'm picking a guy. I really got to switch it up here. Four and six. I don't like this under 500. Yeah. You're digging yourself a hole right now. I am. Seems like I have been for the last two years. Whatever. Sunday night, Buccaneers 4-2, Raiders 3-2. A good Buccaneers-Raiders rivalry. Rematch of the Super Bowl from years back. John Gruden. Defense is lights out in Tampa Bay. Okay? They're going to get heavy pressure on Derek Carr just like they did on Aaron Rodgers last week. I really underestimated the defense of the Buccaneers, especially coming into last week. They proved me wrong. I do like their defense a lot now. I have a lot more respect for them. The Raiders are a good team. They showed glimpses of being a a contender in in the Mm. playoffs. I mean, they beat the Chiefs this year. I like what they're doing. I think they've kind of turned it around. Derek Carr, if I'm thinking off the top of my head correctly here, has not been good historically against heavy pressure, against blitzes, against being forced out of the pocket. He hasn't been very good throughout his career. I think the Buccaneers are going to get good, solid pressure on him, and they're going to turn him into a turnover machine on Sunday night. Buccaneers are going to come away victorious in that one. Monday night, another good one. A good slate of games this week. Bears 5-1, and one, heading to Los Angeles, taking on the Rams, who are 4-1. and one. The Bears have won the last six of eight against the Rams, and as much as I hate to do it, Bears are going to win the last seven
1: of nine. They're going to win this one Monday night.
0: There are the picks. Well, what do you think?
1: Eagles, Steelers, Cardinals, Buccaneers, Bears. I like it. There's a couple in there that are tough choices and something that, you know, I think choosing against the Seahawks is never easy, but that's what you gotta do to be, uh, to be a legend. You know, picks of the week. I mean, yeah, which what I am. I mean, Hall of Famer or whatever. Go I started 17-0
0: when I started doing this. Right.
1: Sure. You gotta go against the grain sometimes. Yeah, you do. Especially when you're up. <laughs> and
0: especially tonight. I mean, what kind of game is this? Eagles? Giants? This is like the, the typical Thursday night. It, it couldn't be more Thursday night if the Jacksonville Jaguars were playing. I mean, really? <laughs> this is like a Jaguars-Dolphins type vibe. Make it a Sunday noon game on CBS that no one's going to watch. <laughs> Why? What? Thursday night, this is what you want to kick off week seven with? Maybe it'll be an absolute shootout. I doubt it. No, probably I doubt not. it. Yeah. I highly doubt it. Maybe, I hope it is, just to give me something to watch tonight. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that'll do it. Will's putting on the mask already. That must mean the Tony G show's over. Well, I'm just getting it on. Okay. I mean, we're like, we're like, this is a solid distance. We're like nine feet apart.
1: Yeah, we're, we're, we're nine, good. Nine, ten
0: feet. We're safe here. We're socially distanced. Knock on wood. I mean, yeah. Okay, now you're going to make me superstitious here. We just had to talk We're about not. No, we're not
1: superstitious. We're just a little stitious. Good one. Good one. How long <laughs> did it take you to go for that one? That, that's from the office. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not. I'm not a original. You're such so. a dad joke type of person. That's not a bad thing. I'm just saying. No. No, no. No, it's cool. I like Dad Joe. Let's get this show
0: over with. Tony G show. We're going to be back next Tuesday. You had the Picks of the Week. We had a good talk on the OBJ. We had a good talk on the, on the New England Patriots and Cam Newton as well. Let us know what you think. Again, at Tony G for days on Twitter, at Willis5312 on Twitter. Connect with the show however you can. Subscribe. Listen as often as possible. Season five is just a catalyst on its way to. Episode number 100 for the Tony G Show. This was episode number 78. We got, what, 20, 21 more to go until we get to, 22 more to go to get to episode number 100 of the Tony G Show. Thanks for tuning in through all of them. We're going to wrap it up there. We'll see you on Tuesday. Eagles, Steelers, Cardinals, Buccaneers, Bears. Tony G picks it a week. We'll see you on Tuesday. This is the Tony G Show.